Annyeonghaseyo. That means hello. Hello from Korea. Darren here, staring out my hotel window at these amazing skyscrapers here in Seoul. Our Seattle team just landed last night. We're here for another week. Um, every night, we're prophesying. We're prophesying it's time for a new revival in Korea. It's time for um, one Korea, a unified Korea um, in Korea as it is in heaven. That's what we've been praying. Uh, definitely appreciate your prayers. We've really been having just so much fun. It's such an honor um, to be here. Um, today's interview that I'll be sharing with you is an interview I did with Charlie Champ during Declaration Conference. In fact, we did it and we put it in the can for such time as this. We put it in the can for when I was going to be out of town. It just aired um, uh, this last week. Um, it's a lot of fun. I wanted to share it with you. But before we dive into the interview, just wanted to encourage you to just take like a minute or two and leave a review on iTunes. To do that, just go to thedarrenshow.com. Again, thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star. That means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars. That means that you think this thing is off the chain. Reviews are a big deal when it comes to iTunes. That's how iTunes aggregates kind of the best um, content that's being released um, onto their platform. And so if you just uh, uh, leave that review, that would be incredible. Also, don't forget to subscribe. If you subscribe, that will allow for all of our supernatural content to be flowing automatically onto your desktop, onto your tablet, onto your mobile device without you having to do anything. It'll just happen on its own. Isn't that cool? Just so, so, so amazing. So review, subscribe, that'd be incredible. Without any further ado, let's jump into my interview with the amazing um, Charlie Champ right here, right now on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in to the Supernaturalist Radio Show. This is the show that is hosted by a Christian and yet is free of judgment and condemnation. This show exists to celebrate what God is doing on the earth, to educate spiritual seekers, and to help you discover your true identity and destiny. If we haven't met yet, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor of a crazy cool church called Seattle Revival Center, author of a book. Yep, I wrote a book. Uh-huh. It's called Pattern Interrupt, and you can check out this book online on the interweb at www.thepatterninterrupt.com and founder of a ministry called Supernaturalist Ministries. I will say all kinds of amazing supernatural things are unfolding on the earth. Ordinary people are being called to release and accomplish extraordinary things from business women to, to little children. And that's why this show is here is to, is to celebrate these extraordinary things that are taking place through ordinary people. And it's such an honor to have you listening today. I'm in the studio today with a young man named Charlie Champ. Now, Charlie is a contemporary prophet who the Lord is using to, um, to predict everything from weather events to political events. And he's doing it with, with tremendous accuracy. But not only that, but he also flows in, a, uh, in all kinds of different sort of supernatural giftings. And I've seen it with my own eyes, you guys. I've seen this with my own, with my own two eyes. He, he walks in this crazy faith kind of thing where, where wherever he goes, he sees miracles. Like things that are impossible actually become possible. And he's in town. Um, we have him in town. And I wanted to pull him into the studio here at 11.50 a.m., Seattle's Alternative Talk, 
to to record this moment that so that I could share it with you guys um, at at a later time. So we're not actually live right now, but we are alive right now, and I would like to welcome Charlie Champ into the studio. Charlie, what up? What's up, man? How's it going, Darren? Dude, I'm doing well, man. Dude, I love your intro introduction. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Music and everything's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got a little heavy heavy metal in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Man. Yeah, because it inspires me. When I when I hear metal, I just want to start like lifting weights and just going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> it's, there's no better way to start a, a radio show than just by to turn it up and just to you know and, and, and bring the energy. Just go for it. You know, I I used to have a um an introduction for our YouTube videos yeah. that was like total heavy metal. You did, and you couldn't imagine how many like Christians. <laughs> emailed the ministry oh no telling us that we needed to remove that because it was demonic are you serious and it was all it was was uh it was me and like it and and i said um you've been clothed in miracles oh and then it's like this and they just like really freaked out it didn't matter uh what kind of miracle that's so weird that that christians would would freak out with by crazy hard heavy metal music, yeah, I don't know. It just they oh <laughs> they just like did, so ah, you've been clothed in miracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, it was dude. that kind of like you need to you need to bring that back out, man. I think you need to bust that back out. I think we should. There's a lot of glory on the heavy metal right now. Just to bring it and yeah, come on, come on, man. Yeah. Well, awesome, awesome, awesome. Now you've been going after some stuff recently. Yeah, just in you, the supernatural, the yeah. prophetic. Yeah, and um, we've seen some really like neat things happening, like with the um, election of the president in Finland. Oh yeah, so that just happened like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what was up, what was up with that? Like, are you following Finland anyway? Like, are you are you like, you know, are you no. in touch with the? No, I've never <laughs> even been to Finland. That was what was the <laughs> kind of the weird thing was that it was it was December the twenty fourth. I'm sitting. Uh, putting the gifts out for the kids, and it had to have been maybe 10 or 11 at night, and the Lord just starts speaking to me about Finland. And he gives me that scripture out of Isaiah 9 where it says, um, unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born, that, that yep. scripture, the yep. government's going to be upon his shoulders, and God just begins to speak to me about it. And I ended up staying up, you know, through, you know, I guess 4 in the morning, just writing this word up about Finland. And um, releasing it, you know, Christmas Day. Yeah. So, so what was the actual word like? Yeah, it was it was based upon revival outpouring happening in Finland that would go down and across the Scandinavian nations down into Europe. Yeah. So a lot a lot's happening right now just in in the Christian church, and we see this we see this I don't know every every fifty years or something on the earth when when you read you know the history books that there are these major kind of what we would refer to as an outpouring or um, and, and kind of what we're going after is the kind of thing that we haven't seen in actually, I don't know, what, like 100 years or something. Yeah, or but, like an awakening. Yeah, yeah, like an actual awakening. And yeah. a lot of people that are listening, um, you know, it's easy to, to actually just to kind of frame out Christians in somewhat a generic stereotype. So a lot of people don't actually right. have any idea what's actually taking place in the Christian church right now. But there really is the rumblings of like an embryonic awakening. Yeah, but don't you feel like even with with like people that are into like a new age kind of thinking yep. that when I speak to 
the, that kind of a crowd, I've found that even they're thinking that something like is awakening. Yeah, it's true. They've yep. been talking like yep. when I talk to people that are kind of of that of that understanding, they're like, yeah, there's like an awakening happening in the universe, you know. Yeah. Um. In fact, the term's being used more by just spiritualists in general, right? Than even right. than even um the the Christian Church, right? But when you look at uh history, just just American history, and you and you and you just Google Great Awakening America, and you start to look at how religious awakenings or revivals have actually shaped the the even the economy of our country in a positive manner. It's actually really really interesting because now everybody does everything they can to kind of separate church with state. But if you look right. at like if you look at the roots of our country, um, there was like this this integration between church and state so much so that when the church prospered, the state actually like rejoiced. Like so here you have a governmental structure. It's like look, we don't really believe in what you guys believe in, but because of what you're doing, it's impacting our local city economy and crime and all of that, right? Right. And that's I think that's where I think that that we're kind of going back to the future. No, that's a, yeah, that's exactly right. And and really, the prophetic kind of frames up the future. Let's talk about that. Like when you say the prophetic, so I, I would I would say a prophet in the in in the church is a little bit different than maybe someone that is a, has a psychic ability. Okay. And the reason that I say that they're different is because a psychic can just foretell the future, where a prophet foretells the future but co-creates the future. Okay. So in this, it, it, because um, God has given to you know His church the words of God, they have creative matter inside of them. And so when a prophet speaks forth, he's not just speaking a futuristic event that's going to happen, but he's actually framing and releasing a blueprint of what have, heaven wants to release and changing kind of, um, in a sense, if you, if you want to think about it, he's actually changing the multi-universe, the multi-universe of what was supposed to like take place in the future. And changes it through the prophetic, so whatever he says has to be. You understand? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what happened, in my opinion, in Finland. So the president gets reelected. The word was that the Lord had given him grace to continue to be uh, in in the presidential office for the next several years and lead that country. And uh, he ended up winning five times as many as any other candidate. And we had also said that his that there was going to be a child born, a son was going to be given. So when I wow, prophesied wow. it, I thought about it. When I prophesied it again on on uh, July the the sixth, I didn't think about like what does this child mean? Because how many children are born every single day? Babies are born all over the world all the time. So why would God specifically pinpoint a son being born, this child coming? And so eight hours after. He's inaugurated. He's you know, his his you know, it's sealed that he's going to be the president. His wife goes into labor, eight hours later, and wow. gives birth to a baby boy. Wow! So, and what was the deal? That was their first. That was their firstborn. And so like, he had been married previously, but this this wife that he's married to now, they had been trying to have children for years, and they were always miscarry him because he's like in in his sixties. She's in her forties, so she's kind of like um. 
you know, high little uh, age gap there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, and uh, they had they had, had several miscarriages. And then this wow. this one just boom eight hours after. And it's crazy because you didn't know any of this stuff. Right? No, like, no, no. Like you never like you know you. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> like you obsessed know. with Finland, and all of a sudden, by the way, I got this right, word of stuff right. I already know. No, no, like like you didn't know any of this, and, and and God speaks to you, and so you release this word, and then all of a sudden the 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 future begins playing out. And bro, what do you think the redemptive value? Like, so what's happening from that? Since you released that word and it's come true. What kind of door is opened just to, you know, to the gospel and to the good news of the reality of what Jesus? Is yeah. Doing well, here? what I've been hearing is just churches and people that have gotten a hold of that word. word both, um, you know, e- even people that are, you know, not in church are reading the word and starting to feel that there's something shifting in the country. And we've received like so many emails from different various groups, even people that. Before the word happened, they wanted to publish it in their newspaper, their magazine, because they felt that there was something about what what I was saying that was really powerful for their country. So there's definitely something that is shaking in that nation right now where God wants to bring an awakening, some sort of an outpouring over Finland, which is it's incredible because like out of all the places that God kind of wants <laughs> to do something, he just pinpoints Finland on uh you know, Christmas Eve, and as a, you know, prophetic sign starts talking about Isaiah 9, and then ties it all into this outpouring and a son being born, a government of God coming over that country. So it's really powerful. Yeah, and this is what we're seeing really and what we're hearing um, throughout the nations right now, um, all throughout the Pacific Rim, all throughout, um, I mean, gosh, China, where Christianity is illegal, it's exploding, and people are meeting in hotel rooms and caves you know, it's it's just I mean, and they, they they can't even get any sort of stats out of there because it's illegal to 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 even do any sort of like you know Christian polling or anything right, like that. Right. But but the the guesses are staggering as far as the numbers that we're seeing coming out of China, Indonesia, uh, Pakistan. Well, all, if you look at Iran, yeah, yeah, Iran after after 1979, Christianity was very small in that country. Now, at, because it's closed. It's literally exploding. I mean, they're, they're, they don't even know how many people have been born again at, because they can't get the numbers because, of the, you know, because the nation is closed. But I can tell you just from traveling into the Middle East that so many people that are of the Muslim faith are having encounters with Jesus face-to-face, and they're turning their lives to him. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, it's not happening because of even preachers, necessarily, it's not, or, or arguments or books or, like, or, and, or debates or anything like that. Like, people are literally just going to sleep at night, and Jesus is coming to them. Right. And they're like, I don't even, I don't even believe in you. <laughs> right. You know, I can't even talk to you, and yet you're talking, wow, and then they're waking up with a whole new philosophy and worldview it's it's crazy well i think we talked about this before when my dad was in uh, karachi oh yeah we did yeah 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 he was doing a crusade there and um they they came um some some um like extremists came to videotape and they were going to kill him wow and he was doing an open air meeting in the country and um he said that a man clothed in white walked on the platform and he turned to look at him, and he said, who are you? And he said, my name is Trance. 
<laughs> my name is Trance. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, how's it going, Trance? Yeah, high five. And then every single person in the meeting, three to 4,000 Muslims, instantaneously go into open visions, and they start to encounter Jesus. Wow. So... <laughs> He he was he we we had talked about it me and my dad and we said wow that there's like an angelic, you know you know being if you want to say, called trance that brought the gospel without even my father having to preach it, and people were just having one on one face to face encounters with Jesus. Yeah, and this isn't even about like this isn't about numbers or even about conversions. What the, what we're talking about is the reality that there is that there is the person of God. There is a God with, with, with a personality. It's the person of God and that he's engaging with humanity right now to reveal himself and to reveal his son, Jesus. Right, totally. So, I mean, God's not into religion. You know, it's kind of cliche, but we say God's not into religion. He's into relationship. Yeah. And I think that more conversions are happening right now just because people are open to the supernatural. There's, there's, there's shifts even in um, the universe alignments that are happening in the universe that are that are opening up the spirit realm for people that are just open for anything they're having encounters with the lord obviously some people are having demonic encounters and we can talk about that we can go we can go into some of that but a lot of people are opening up to the you know whether it's in a dream a trance a vision a trip of some sort i mean even um you know, hallucinatic like drugs and things like that. Yep, I've heard yep. of things where people will be in the midst of like some kind of crazy trip and suddenly Jesus just showed up. And that happened in the 60s, you know, during the Jesus movement where, the, you know, people were totally, uh, you know, tripping out of their mind and suddenly Jesus shows up and then they get converted, you know, and they're saved. It's crazy because even if you look at like coming out of the 80s and into the 90s, the whole culture went super. I, I think they were saying, you know, modern slash postmodern, where there's this idea of leaning away from the spiritual and into almost like a humanist kind of more secular um, uh, life without the idea of God or anything like that. So everything went super, super secular to the degree that if you believed in any sort of spirit, spirituality or spiritual energy, anything like that. You were just a weirdo, right. but now everything has shifted so much, especially being in Seattle, where like you know there still is that strong um, uh, kind of I'd I'd say like hyper scientific bent, you know, okay. I, like like the Napoleon Dynamite. I don't believe in God; I believe in science. Uh. You know, which is which is which is funny, you <laughs> yeah. know, because the yeah, two yeah, are yeah. not a contradiction; they actually integrate beautifully, right? <laughs> right. But I would say, for the most part. Um, Seattle's pretty darn stinking spiritual. Like this is a very spiritually sensitive city, and totally. I, and, and that and that's spreading throughout throughout the U.S. You know, yeah. I mean, I was in Norway and um, and did some stuff out in the streets there, just having conversations with young people, asking them about their openness to the existence of God or a God or divine energy or anything like that. There was no openness, bro. Like I was so wow. young person after young person after young person confessing atheist saying. They believe that um, drink and be merry for tomorrow we may die, and then that's it. Like, that's it. Like, wow. You know, like, there is no God. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's nothing. Like, so just just nail it now because <laughs> yeah. this is all you got. Wow. But if you, like, and that was Norway, just incredibly secular. But I, but it's, it's, it's not like that here. I mean, there's such a sensitivity uh, to the things of the Spirit, and that's where it feels like 
like Seattle just being a trailblazing kind of city. Yeah. I just feel like there's such an openness to heaven. And I just, I just, I think that some of the greatest problems within our city from homelessness to, um, you know, to, to the opioid, uh, pandemic, you know, uh, uh, all this stuff that is, uh, um, that, that our city is facing right now. I think the greatest solutions, um, are being contained in the heavens through heavenly blueprints and that Seattle is about to unlock some stuff because we're not seeking things through the logical kind of typical way of solving problems. Like we're going to solve it with the math. No, like we've been right. trying to do that since the eighties and it's just getting worse. And I think we're about to start seeing some supernatural solutions, some heavenly blueprints. And I think who those things are released to, it's going to surprise, it's going to surprise people. It's going to surprise yeah. the church possibly. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the the science of reason is being kind of that whole thought and thinking of just, you know, black and white science is going away. I mean, when you study out quantum physics and, like, that whole paradigm shift of, like, the quantum, then it all ties in to what God is doing. And, um, you know, I remember I I went to China in 2014, and I had had in, in the earlier part of the year, I had had an encounter with an angel who like downloaded a lot of things on quantum physics. So I started teaching on quantum physics and the Lord opened a door for me to go to um, the quantum physics department of of the um, college in Beijing. Wow. Where they're having all of these top scientists from Asia going into uh, China to crack the quantum code for computing. And um, I remember going and meeting with all these guys. Now, you got to think, here I am, a Westerner. Right, right. Um, uh, in a communist nation. Right. Um, and, a, a, and a preacher. And I'm going in undercover to preach and talk to all these most, the most brilliant minds. Some of them, uh, one of the leading uh, scientists from South Korea was there. There was like 15 or 20 of these guys and talking to them about how creation and um, everything that's created was contained within words and frequencies and vibrations. Wow. And them talking to me about um, how they're trying to figure out how to take he had this man had a, a Pepsi uh, sitting on on the table, and he said, "We're trying to figure out how to take this Pepsi and change it into a cell phone." <laughs> okay. Yeah, reprogram yeah, yeah, yeah. matter. Right. And right, I right. said, "Well, the only person that's ever really cracked the the quantum code to reprogram matter is Jesus." And they looked at me like, "What is this guy talking about?" And I I started to break down how Jesus had talked about turning, you know. Uh, piece of stones into bread he talked about multiplying fishes different different quantum um mechanics that jesus did in his ministry while he was while he was on the earth and then i dove into an encounter that i had and i've shared it at your church before where i went through the eye of the eye of god and saw that moment that that what science calls big bang and saw how god created everything and um it just, when I started to scientifically look at it and what they call like a white hole instead of black hole, like white hole is right. what, they, what science calls releases energy, matter to frame things up. That's exactly what I saw. 
but it was the, what the Bible calls the lightnings of God, the rod of the Lord, wow. the lightnings wow. of God. And a lot of people think of lightnings like, you know, like just like what we see in the sky. But when you study out lightning, it's actually the word Barak, which is the sword of the Lord. So it was a, 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 a beam of light that was releasing matter and energy. And so really what these guys are trying to tap into is the God, um, the God particle of words. Wow. Wow. And what and their response was, oh, it was awesome. Actually, what happened, I can talk about it now because it's been it's been quite a number of years. But uh, one of the ladies that was uh, like uh, she didn't want me there. She started yelling out like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And I just shouted back at her. I was like, the Lord sent me here. And she ran out of the room and locked herself in in um, her office and didn't come out. And so the Lord let me pray for every one of these scientists wow. and lay hands on them. And you would have thought that it was like a charismatic meeting because they were all shaking and vibrating under the power of the Lord. It was an awesome, awesome thing. But it was released through an, an angelic visitation that I had. I was going to say you had an encounter with an angel. Total, then, totally sent on assignment by the Lord to do this. And the data was just downloaded into you, and then you just spoke and the revelation came out yeah and so uh, that goes back into the prophetic right so and as you were speaking it like just began taking on more and more form like it like was it was it evolving as you were speaking or did you did you have the full understanding of what you had received before you even spoke it was all downloaded into my spirit wow so i i i, I actually i remember the day I'm, I'm i'm on the ground and the angel walks in holds just grabs hold of my hand and i start vibrating shaking like like just violently and I come out of the of uh, my prayer room, walk into the living room, and I said to my wife, Bryn, I said, I've just had an angelic visitation. She says, I know you have. I said, how? I was like, maybe she can see it on my face, you know, whatever. She walks over, and I was wearing this hoodie at the time, and she pulls this feather that was literally, it had been like woven into my clothes wow, wow. that while I was sitting there, this feather like from the angel had been left. It was like an angel feather that wove itself into your shirt. Yeah. Wow. It was really interesting. Crazy. And so I knew that the Lord was doing something. We started preaching. I started teaching on quantum physics. I started studying, not like, uh, you know, what Christians were saying about it, but I started getting like, you know, real books from, you know, classes and, and college courses and started looking through some of the stuff. And, the, and it was just like the Lord had given me this major download, and so I started teaching on it and tied it into the glory of God and then got to bring it to these these guys that never heard anything like what I was talking about but yet were, like, ready to receive it. Just going back to the whole idea that um, that there's not a great gap between true science and spirituality or, 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 or true reality, which we would say is heaven— but that they're really everything is really integrating. So I so science is starting to really um, bring explanation to, to even the Bible, and the Bible is being used to to bring a greater um, revelation of science. So there's been a great divorce between the two ever since the church advocated her role within that scientific sphere. You know, um, uh, that would have been back probably even in the late 1800s, right? Somewhere in there, 1700, somewhere in there, right? Um, but we're start things are starting to change, and what's interesting that a lot of people um, we're seeing a, we're seeing great advances 
right now in the scientific community when it comes to conversations that yesterday would have been thrown out as just pure sci-fi fan, you know, fantasy. And these things that used to just be like science fiction are now a possible reality. And yet I think the scientific community thinks that like the faith community is an enemy to scientific development. And, um, and, but things are really changing. And I think one of the conversations that we would begin to see is the conversation regarding immortality. So they have billions of dollars being poured into life extension research and biohacking. Right. And a lot of people within the scientific community would say that the faith community is an enemy to the progression of science and, and the pursuit of human immortality. And when we come back from the commercial, that's what I want to talk about. Is, is Christianity a roadblock or barrier to life extension, or do the two beautifully integrate? That's where we're going when we come back here on the Supernaturalist Radio Show. The Supernaturalist Radio Show, 1-888-298-KKNW. That's 1-888-298-5569. Hey guys, Darren here, excited to tell you about my book. That's right, I wrote a book, and it's called Pattern Interrupt. You say, pattern what? Well, a pattern interrupt is a disruptive activity that changes the normal thought process and ordinary chain of events within a person's life. Basically, I want to help you turn off the cruise control, to turn off the autopilot, and to get control of your life again. This book is designed for the average person who battles with fear and insecurity. This isn't a cope book, it's a hope book. Not only will you identify and deal with the root of your stress, but you'll be empowered to begin to displace atmospheres of fear and shame within your home and your workplace. Some of the things that we talk about in the book is how to interrupt and overcome negative experiences, shame-based behaviors, patterns of abuse, destiny defeaters, negativity, jealousy, burnout, worry, lack, passivity, spiritual weirdo stuff like demonic type business and isolation and poor communication we get super woo woo spiritual we get super practical you're gonna love it it's pattern interrupt and it's yours at the pattern interrupt.com again the pattern interrupt.com check it out today working hard to put a smile on your face alternative talk 1150 and we're back. This is the Supernaturalist Radio Show here on Seattle's Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Hey, let's connect. We're on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash The Supernaturalist Radio Show. You can also connect with me. It's facebook.com forward slash The Darren Stott. That's two R's, E-N-D-A-R-R-E-N-S-T-O-T-T. So let's connect on Facebook. That would be amazing. You can also send me off an email. It's my name, Darren, at SeattleRevivalCenter.com. Now, Seattle Revival Center is one of the sponsors of this show. Uh, that's at, actually where I pastor. Yep, I'm a pastor, believe it or not. And we, we're meeting um, every Friday night at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11. And so if you're just hungry for uh, for what I would refer to as true spiritual reality, <laughs> not virtual reality, but true spiritual reality, and you just want more, if you're hungry for the deeper things of God, 
uh, you're going to want to come and check us out on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, or 11 a.m. And this week, uh, we actually have several incredible high-level uh, prophets and uh, and movers and shakers in Seattle. They've flown in, one of those being Charlie Sham. And Charlie is a prophet. He's a, uh, he's a young prophet that's doing crazy, crazy stuff. Um, he's definitely being noticed right now, and he's really just getting started. But not only is he prophesying and predicting things, but he also walks in crazy heavenly authority to see cancers leave bodies, to see blind eyes open, um, uh, uh, t- you know, tumors dissolving, the la- like people that are crippled or walking. And this isn't just a one thing that happened, you know, 10 years ago. Like, like he sees this every week, you know. And so, Charlie, it's such an honor to have you on the show. We began um, just kind of talking about a lot of different things, really. Right yeah, up. we're hitting so many different topics, but it's good. Yeah, man. And so um, and it's cool to not necessarily have a specific agenda, but just to really talk about the kind of stuff that is happening on the earth. That's really yeah. the purpose of this show. Um, and I wanted to talk about this whole thing of where science is going and will the church try to blockade? Like, is the church an enemy? Is faith an enemy to the progression of science? Or is there a, a beautiful integration um, that that can take place, and is there a place available, a portal, if you will, available in Christ Jesus, where we can access things far quicker? And are we going to be able to open some things up in our generation that are going to change uh, the course of human history through faith in our spirituality? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think technology is moving, and everything is coming from God. And so when it comes to new technologies coming to the earth, you got to recognize that those things have already been. So um, even, you know, I heard a story about Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Right? So Steve, Steve Jobs uh, started having what, visions as he, was, as he was, like, meditating. I don't know if you've heard this or not. No, no. So he, he used to have uh, visions, and while he was meditating— and there were a lot of inventions, ideas that were coming to him by, um, you know, the realm of the spirit. And he went to a, uh, a church because he wanted to kind of figure out what was going on. Yeah. And um, they totally rejected it. They, I guess he had went to like a um, kind of a denominational, um, you know, one of those kind of set churches yeah. that are kind of you know, in their ways, and they're not going to change. And uh, he left there feeling so discouraged, but somebody had ended up telling him um, about um, um, some Buddhists and meditation. And so that's actually how he became Buddhist. Really? Because they accepted him um, and the visions that he was having and the things that were taking place with him. And um, as a result, you know, obviously we have an iPhone and all, those th- and all that stuff had came out of an encounter. You that, know, yeah, that, that's, so that's many crazy. times I believe um, God is sending information to people, but the church is rejecting it because it's outside of their paradigm. And so then other, you know, people are seeking and they're just looking for acceptance. And so they end up going somewhere else. And I think that there's new technologies that haven't even been brought into the earth yet that... um God is wanting to give to the church. And this, I mean, this could go into a whole bunny trail where, where we talk, we could talk about 
you know, the, you know, money transference of wealth and things like that. Well, our I, friend, our friend, sh- you know, Richard, you know, we're going to get him on. I got to get him on the show here. Um, he's actually going to be in Seattle in, um, in April, but that's what he's been doing. And, and so uh, without getting into a lot of the details, essentially he gets blueprints um, from heaven that he actually eats. And th- once when he eats the scroll, he gets the data for these inventions. So he's he's been contracted by uh, Google. He was featured in Bloomberg, uh, and he's basically come up with uh, like a uh, an encrypted form of communication that's being used by several governments. He's met with several heads of state in different nations, and this is all uh, technology. He, I mean, he's an engineer, right? Like, you know, it's not like he was like a high school janitor and all of a sudden. Right, <laughs> right, know, right. So he's already, he's, he's, I mean, nothing wrong with high school janitors at, at all, right? But yeah. this guy, he's got the education, but, but now he's got this heavenly acceleration on it. Like I said, like, like eating scrolls and then like coming out with these patents. And like, so the guy's doing, so that, that stuff is happening. Like, but that's the only guy that I personally know of that's actually, He's actually doing it. You know wow. what I'm saying? Did you hear about that 15-year-old kid that um, with with that cracked the code for Bill Gates? No, no, no. This kid, he was from Florida, and and he there 15. was 15. Yeah, wow. there's some code, and I don't have the, all the details with me right now. But sure. if you if people that are listening, you can look this up. This kid um, was 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 at church and went into an open vision, and this code that I guess that Bill had all these guys working on, they couldn't figure it out. He got it in a download and a vision. And so Bill ended up giving him like, uh, I think they gave him like a, a few million dollars because he actually cracked the code. He's only 15 years old. He got it out of a download. He It was totally supernatural. He That's had crazy. no like high, higher education. And all these <laughs> right. people that had been working on it for a year, like trying to figure out how to do it, like he got it in a split second. That's from, amazing. From I God. love that. We should Which, get him on the show. Yeah, he's probably well, it, not 15 anymore. He's probably like no, no. But I mean, that's 30. totally supernatural, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's the mind of God that he tapped into. That's right. You know, the mind of God has information that's high above our thoughts, and I think that if we tapped into it more, we would see more blessing flow through the church. But what you're saying is totally true. With with any advancement in science. The church has always tried to stop it, whether it was, you know, televisions, radio, computers. We prophesy it, but then, the you know, people, other people take it and make it come into existence, which is what the prophetic does. Like what I was saying, Darren, is that like John Alexander Dowie, a guy that lived in the 1800s, prophesied radio. It's documented. He has all, all the stuff. But then when the radio started to be like come out he was against radio because he didn't he he had prophesied it wow but he wow. didn't have the understanding of what god was saying so he thought he, he was actually fight he was fighting against the <laughs> blessing like, that god was trying to bring to him we had bonnie jones on the show and her husband bob had a vision back in the uh, i think it was the 70s or something where everybody had little televisions in their pocket yeah so he predicted everybody's gonna have little televisions in their pocket and everyone was like, you know, yeah, right. You know, nobody will ever have television. Right, right, like, right. Like, that's impossible. How could you have a television in your pocket, you know? Yeah. 
and now we have them on our wrist, on our pocket, you know. Have them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that stuff. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to um, the big thing right now, the big conversation right now with stem cell research um, and uh, just the huge major breakthroughs that are occurring in the medical sphere right now in society is there is this eager desire in humanity to live forever. Oh, totally, 100%. Is that a is that a noble do you do you feel like that's a noble desire or do you feel like that's something within humanity's um, depravity programming that that longs to be a god? I think it could go either way. So I mean, the gospel is a gospel of immortality. It and, is. So you believe that? You, oh, one hundred percent. You believe that the gospel is a message of immortality, right? So it's just how we get there. Do, uh, um. And do you mean like literal immortality? Yeah, I mean living, living, f- living forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. So then you you don't see that because uh, if if people embrace that, then they wouldn't they they wouldn't be fighting science unless you you, you see kind of where I'm going because there's a lot of accusation coming against a a lot of these you know scientists and a lot of these research communities coming from. The church saying that our lifespan's been limited to 120 years. Yeah, which actually somebody passed that up a few years ago. I think I think somebody made it like 122 or something. Yeah, well, I'll take it to India. There's guys that I, I was in Haiti and I met a guy that was 120 years old. Like okay, t- like five or six years ago. Yeah. So so what's happening? Like, what do you think's happening with with all of this? And how far do you think we're gonna get? I, I think it's it's you know in God everything's obviously legal, but outside of Him. Wow, you know, so I, I think it's where humanity wants to go. It's it's obviously possible that we could break that genetical code, and like what I was preaching at the church today, like the the stem cells be rejuvenated, and how to dive into all of that. So you're actually going out after this, and that's why I'm actually taking the conversation this way, is because you're actually personally going after the kind of lifestyle and spiritual disciplines and practices, many of which you're not even necessarily talking about, in order to bring supernatural rejuvenation to your cellular uh, your cellular structure. Yeah, so, I, so that was the direction that I would go. Um, I think that science is definitely going to break into something where they're able to long, like, bring longevity to people's lives. That's one... Um, aspect but when you look at the scripture you recognize that there is going to be a time in human history where people do not die so to to believe in immortality um is not really that far-fetched as far as biblically based it is it's there right in the scripture you can see it and if you believe certain ways about Christ's return, there are going to be people that are living forever that don't even know Jesus during what Christians call the millennial reign. The Bible plainly says that there will be people that don't even know Jesus as, as Lord and Savior, yet they're, they're living outside of the curse and the fall of man. So how, what does that look like? You know, obviously prophets had seen it before, I don't think that we have the full picture of everything that's going to happen, but I'm not against science. You know, I'm not against 
breakthroughs because I believe that 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 that's what God wants to do. Um, it's it, it was Jesus that teased this out when he said, you know, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son that whosoever would you know would believe in me would would not die would not die right but would have everlasting life Im- immortality yeah yeah. And and uh, I want to go to a quick little commercial break, and when we come back, I'll actually want to talk about the um, th- the opportunity to engage in holy communion in a different kind of way. So, changing our view of it being as just a mere church tradition into a supernatural activation that unlocks benefits into our bodies. That and much more here on the Supernaturalist Radio Show. The Supernaturalist Radio Show, 1-888-298-KKNW. That's 1-888-298-5569. Hi, my name is Darren Stott, lead pastor at a crazy cool church called Seattle Revival Center. I'll tell you a quick story. My grandpa was a pastor, my dad was a pastor, and I swore that I'd never be a pastor. I was done with the church, done with Christians. But you know what? I was never done with Jesus. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you've been hurt by the church or hurt by a Christian. Maybe you find the church to be too sterile, judgmental, or maybe just not spiritual enough. Or maybe you just find Christianity to be kind of annoying. Through the humility of a divorced woman pastor, I learned to forgive. And forgiveness would be the very key that would open up my heart so that I could actually engage with my destiny, which oddly enough involved becoming the very thing that I despised, a pastor. And now I love the church and I love pastors. I even love people. And let me tell you, that's a miracle. The truth is, no matter what judgments you've made, what vows you've declared, no matter how much you may deny or shake your fist at God, you are absolutely loved. And I'll go a step further. If you don't have a church home or if you haven't been to church, in a long, long time. Seattle Revival Center welcomes you and invites you to join us on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We're located in the beautiful city of Newcastle, which is right in between Renton and Bellevue. Check us out online at seattlerevivalcenter.com. Hope to see you this Sunday at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. You are absolutely loved. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. And we're back here on the Supernaturalist Radio Show. We're live every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. here on Seattle's Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. In the studio today with Charlie Champ. You're going to want to check him out online at Destiny encounters.com is that right encounters that's it yep destinyencounters.com you're going to want to check out his resources has an amazing um, cd series on angels and this is information that you're probably not going to find um, in uh, in any one specific location i mean you got stuff on there that really is like revelation that um that that isn't too common in most of the different angel books and such right yeah yeah about 10 years of uh, just revelatory teaching that i've that the lord has shown me Yes. It's really good stuff. So, again, that's destinyencounters.com. Go there and just learn more about Charlie and Bryn Champ. Learn about, about their ministry, how you can partner with them, um, and also just follow them on Facebook. The dude's 
all over the globe right now doing really crazy stuff. And actually, more specifically, he's in Seattle right now doing some crazy stuff. We're uh, here. Yeah, we're, we're going to be rocking it out, man. Come on. Uh, and so looking forward to the next few days um, with you. Now, we've been talking about immortality and uh, and that the gospel is not a um, is not against is not the gospel is not um, Christianity is not this religion where death is the portal into life, right? Like Definitely the physical not. death. Definitely like not. like it was Jesus that said, "I've come that you would have life and life abundantly here and now." Right. And so, what we're actually talking about is accessing and unlocking spiritual realities from the future and from heaven here and now. And Charlie, one of the things that you really speak about is how communion unlocks that into our biology as well as into our spirit and into our soul. And, um, you know, whether people practice like the the Eucharist, you know, within the Catholic Church, the Holy Communion of the Saints, many people engage with communion as, as just a church tradition. Right. And only at church. But really there's uh, an opportunity here that we could be engaging with communion as a spiritual activation on a regular basis that could have some positive results for our bodies. Totally, 100%. What are so, you going after, man? Like, so so, I, so Protestants typically just look at communion as a, as a piece of bread and juice. Yep. And that's it. Yep. There's no spiritual significance other than, you know, that we do this in remembrance of Jesus. But there are some other um, kind of thoughts and theological understandings from, like, the, the Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox Church, the, uh, you know, Catholics, where what you're talking about, the Eucharist, they believe that it is actually the body and the blood of Jesus. And I was just in Rome um, you know, this, this last year and talked to several um, priests about their thoughts on what does taking the feast of the Lord actually mean. But do you think that the, the average American Catholic actually believes that, you know, that it's the literal body that they're eating and the literal blood? Like, I would kind of doubt that. Like, I, I get that the priests are kind of like, this is what it is. But right. like for the average Catholic, do right? They well, that, they would they would have to they would have to study it, you know, and they'd have to be really sure. devout. I've I've noticed that Western uh, Catholics. I'm not trying to like stereotype everyone, sure. but a lot of them are just like you know that's what they grew up as. They're not actually practicing. Sure. Um, but if you go go back before Catholicism, and you'll recognize that the Church Fathers and the Apostles all believed in communion and the power of it being transferred from the bread and the wine or, you know, the juice into the physical body and blood. So the flesh and the blood of Jesus manifesting as you take it. And when you are taking it, you are not taking it from the stance of Jesus on the cross. You're taking it from Jesus Christ resurrected on the throne and so actually what you're taking into interesting interesting immortality interesting because most people engage with communion and when they're doing it they're they're seeing jesus on the cross and what does that represent death there you go and what you're saying is is that we 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 see 
not the crucified Christ, but we see the resurrected Christ. And in, in a revelation of his resurrection, we engage with communion, and that's going to release life into our body versus death. 100%. Fascinating. Yeah, all crazy. religion all religion thrives upon death. It's all about death. Wow, wow. Whereas wow. true Christianity thrives upon life and life more abundantly. In the word life, there's zoe in the Greek, which means God kind of life. So it's it's an everlasting life. Yeah, and if we were to take communion in the same way that the, the disciples took communion, they watched Jesus literally turn water into wine. Right. And now he's about to turn wine into blood. So that's not a stretch for them. Not Yeah, not too much. And he hands them the cup and says, this cup is my blood, which is just freaky. Right. <laughs> Drink it. And this is a proclamation of a new covenant heavenly reality on the earth. And 100%. I'm going to do this with you now, but you're going to do this often. Yeah. Yeah, to 100%. And, and Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit in their life. And you, you, you do this often? Yeah, sometimes three times a day. And just engaging in that. And, and I think um, we're going to begin to see a breakthrough in that in, 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 in this generation where we're going to break into something that some Christians have not walked in before. I, I think communion could actually be a great starting point to even begin a relationship with God or with Jesus. So even if you're not even a Christian per se, like if you don't have any sort of track record or history— right. You could even just get a little cracker and a little and a little thing of juice, apple cider, whatever, yeah. right? Water. Yeah. And sit down and just lean in with honor and just and just say, um, God, I want to know you. I want to meet Jesus. I I want I want to engage with you. And then you just do it in the same way. Um you eat the cracker as the body, you drink the juice as the blood, and you believe that you engage with that transforming blood and body that washes away all sin and releases supernatural life dna changing life yeah. into your body we should do a we should do another we should do another um just a show just come in and just talk all about this i've been doing more like we'll do a little a radio show to kind of tease out a topic and then go deeper on my podcast just did that with alex kip oh wow but i definitely think we should go deeper um, regarding this communion. Yeah, because it's, it takes hours to kind of dive into this and just really break down everything. Now let me do this. If you're listening and you like this and you want to go deeper, check out thedarrenshow.com. That'll redirect you to my podcast on iTunes where I literally have countless hours of everything imaginable on there. But let's do that, Charlie. Like, Let's get together and, um, and go deeper in this place of communion. But um, it really, belief is so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, what you believe manifests. So, I mean, that, that's going to take place. So if you, if you believe it's just a cracker and juice, then that's all it's going to be. But God has given the capacity of believing, and he said, if you believe, nothing is impossible. Yeah, it's the power of faith. We use the word faith all the time. Right. But I think it's, it's, it's beginning to engage by faith and just in, in everyday life. For example, in the old days, people used to pray for their food before they ate it, right? Right. Like you, like on the old movies, families would sit around a thing called a dinner table. <laughs> I, I still pray over my food. 
Yeah, I actually yeah, yeah. asked for the food to actually be changed well, genetically. You do? Oh, 100%. The removal of all GMOs well, because, right now. Because I it's so now. genetically, everything's so genetically modified now. It's brilliant. You know, you got to speak over it. Well, that's where I was. That's actually where I was going. Like, this would be the bless your food challenge that I'm just going to put out there right now. <laughs> that before you eat your food, you would hold the food in your heart and honor this gift of fuel, of life-giving fuel, and you would just bless the food and thank God for creating it. Yeah. You know, um, I guess even if it's McDonald's, that if you go back far enough... (laughs) No, okay, all right, stay focused there. Like, you know, honor, give thanks, appreciate it, and then engage with it as a gift from God. Well, if you recognize also that everything has to die in order for you to live. Wow. Even wow. your food. Wow. That's right. That's right. It had to die. So there could be a possibility that you wouldn't need even physical food to sustain your body, but that's a whole other discussion. That's the challenge, is to start living from a place of life versus the fear of death. 100%. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Supernaturalist Radio Show today. Remember, you are absolutely loved. Take care and God bless. Oh, 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 oh,